بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما اما بعد فالسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Inshallah, tonight in our tafsir lesson, we will continue with the tafsir of Surah Yusuf from where we left off last week. And we left off at a very exciting part of the surah last week when Yusuf alayhi salam interpreted the dreams of two of his fellow prison mates. And the interpretations of those dreams, Yusuf alayhi salam told one of those two young men that he would be executed and the other one that he would be freed. And as we mentioned, we mentioned in detail the story of these two young men last week, that they both worked for the king and they were approached by some enemies of the king. Uh, one of them was the baker of the king, the official baker of the king, and he was approached to poison the food of the king. And the other one was the one who provided drink and made wine for the king. And he was approached to put poison in the drink of the king, right? And uh, the maker of wine, the, the drink supplier of the king, he backed out of it and he did not poison the drink of the king. But as for the baker of the king, he actually poisoned the food of the king. And before the king ate it, the drink maker of the king warned the king, don't eat his food because he has poisoned it, right? So the king put both of them in prison, right? And they stayed in prison for a period of time. And eventually the food maker of the king or the baker of the king, he was executed because he actually tried to poison the king. And the drink maker of the king was pardoned because he didn't go through with it. He did not poison the king. And he actually saved the king's life by telling him that the food was poisoned before he could eat it. So the baker was executed and the drink maker was set free. So Yusuf السلام, interpreted the dreams of these two young, in, two young men in prison. He told the baker, you're gonna be executed. And he told the drink maker that you're going to be freed and you're gonna go back to your old job as the drink maker or the wine maker of the king. And then he told the drink maker, he said like, you're gonna be freed. So when you are freed, when you are freed, can you just tell the king about me? Can you tell the king that there is a man named Yusuf and he's been sitting in jail for years and he's innocent and he didn't commit any crime? Can you just tell the king about my situation? Remind him about my situation. At this point, you know, Yusuf السلام, had been basically forgotten by the people, right? So he asked this man that you're going to be freed. Just go to the king as a favor to me and, and just tell him about my situation, right? Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about this, فَأَنْسَاهُ الشَّيْطَانُ ذِكْرَ رَبِّهِ فَلَبِثَ فِي السِّجْنِ بِضْعَ سِنِينَ That the shaytan made him forget to mention this to his master. And as we mentioned last week, there are two interpretations of the Mufassirin regarding this. Some of the Mufassirin have said that this is, this is referring to the drink maker of the king, that the shaitan made him forget to mention Yusuf to the king. Yusuf requested him for this favor, but the shaitan made this man forget to mention Yusuf to the king. That's one interpretation. So Yusuf he was not mentioned to the king. Another interpretation is that this verse is actually referring to Yusuf السلام, himself. That the shaitan made Yusuf السلام, forget to mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He asked this man for help. He asked this man, you help me, you go to the king and tell him about my situation. And he forgot to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instead. Right? And we mentioned there's a narration 
that Jibreel alayhi salam came to Yusuf alayhi salam in prison after this. And he had a conversation with Yusuf alayhi salam and Jibreel alayhi salam asked Yusuf alayhi salam, who created you? He said, Allah. Who made you beloved to your father? He said, Allah. Who saved you from the well when you were thrown into it by your brothers? He said, Allah. Who saved you from the plot of, of, of the wife of the Aziz who tried to tempt you into committing an act of immorality? Who saved you from that? Allah, right? So Allah saved you every, every time you've been in trouble, Allah has helped you and Allah has, has gotten you out of any difficult situation that you've ever been in, any trouble, any hardship that you've ever faced in your life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always the one who got you out of it. So now why are you asking this guy to go and mention you to the king? Why are you asking for help of this, this person? Brother, ask only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help, right? So because of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained for Yusuf alayhi salam to remain in prison for some more years, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds the prophets to a very, very high standard, right? So because of this, because Yusuf alayhi salam, he asked this man for help. He asked this man to mention his situation to the king. And he forgot to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help at that point. For that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him stay in prison for four a number of years longer. He was already in prison for five years up to that point. And after this point, he stayed in prison for a number of years. And we mentioned the, the translation of the word is any number between three to nine. So he stayed in prison for a period of at least three years up to nine years. And the, the majority of the Mufassirin have said that it was actually seven years seven more years that he stayed in prison. So his total time in prison for a crime that he did not even commit, he spent 12 years in prison. Five years before he interpreted the dreams of these two young men and seven years after that for a total of 12 years in prison, subhanAllah, for something that he didn't even do. Yet he remained patient with the, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon him. All right, now we're getting to the end of the period of time that Yusuf السلام, spent in prison. We're getting to the end of those 12 years of uh, incarceration of Yusuf السلام. So during the end, towards the end of this period, what happens? How does Yusuf السلام, get out of jail? What are the events that lead to Yusuf السلام, finally being released from jail? Towards the end of that 12 years, the king of Egypt, and we mentioned that he was a man named Rayyan ibn al-Walid. He's the king of Egypt, right? A very powerful man. He has a dream and this dream disturbs him. And he's, he's afraid about what this dream could mean. So he wants to find someone to interpret this dream. What is the dream that he has? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the dream. The king said that I saw a dream and in my dream, I saw seven fat cows being eaten up by seven thin cows, right? So just try to imagine this, seven fat cows and then seven thin cows. The thin cows eat the fat cows, right? And in addition to that, And I also saw seven green ears of corn seven green ears of corn, and also seven dry ears of corn. Seven green ones and seven dry ones, right? So that was his dream. 
seven fat cows being eaten by seven thin cows, seven green ears of corn, and seven dry ears of corn. That was his dream. He didn't understand what this dream meant, and he was confused, and he was kind of afraid. Like, what could it mean? So he gathers his, his, the royal court, basically. He gathers all the people who work for him, his ministers and, you know, whoever else is at his service. He gathers them and he asks them, Ya ayyuhal mala'u, aftuni fi ru'yaya in kuntum lirru'ya ta'buru. Oh, my people, people, people who are in my court, people who work for me. Aftuni, give me a fatwa about the meaning of this dream. Aftuni, right? Aftuni, it comes from fatwa. Fatwa means you're asking for a verdict. You're asking for a ruling on something. So he was asking for a fatwa from his people regarding the meaning of this dream. What does this dream mean? Someone tell me. Aftuni fi ru'yaya. That give me the interpretation of this dream. In kuntum If you know how to interpret dreams, please, someone, interpret this dream for me. So what did the people that he gathered say? All these people who worked for him, right? They said, That these are just dreams of confusion. And we are not able to interpret this type of confusion. We do not have the knowledge. We are not people who have ilm regarding the interpretation of these confusing dreams. So they all said, sorry, we don't know what your dream means. All right, now those people whom he had gathered, his, his royal court, the people who worked for him, included in those people whom he had gathered was, guess who? The drink provider of the king who is still working for him, who seven years earlier had his own dream interpreted in prison by Yusuf salam, and that dream came true. The interpretation was correct. So now seven years later, when the king needs an interpretation of the dream, it jogs his memory. He remembers, oh yeah, seven years ago, I had a dream and there was someone who had knowledge of the interpretation of dreams who interpreted it for me, Yusuf. He remembers Yusuf seven years later. The one who was saved from amongst those two young men seven years earlier. Now he remembered Yusuf alayhi salam. Because all this talk about dreams and interpretation of dreams, it reminded him of Yusuf So that man who was saved seven years earlier, and now he remembered Yusuf he said to the king, He said to the king, I will, I will tell you the interpretation of this dream. I know someone who can interpret it for you. So just send me to the prison. The person who can interpret your dream, he's in prison. So send me to him, give me permission to go to the prison to talk to him, and I will come back with the interpretation of your dream. So the king gave him permission to do this. He said, okay, go to the prison, meet this man who can interpret the dream and come back. Come back and tell me what the dream means. So now this man, after seven years, seven years ago, he gave Yusuf salam his word that he would mention him to the king, that he would tell the king about him. He would remind the king about his situation, but he didn't do it. He forgot to do it. Now, seven years later, he is going back to ask Yusuf salam for a favor, right? So just Im imagine the situation here. You asked someone to do you a favor seven years ago. He didn't do that favor for you. And because he didn't do that favor for you, you're sitting in jail for another seven years and you didn't even do anything wrong. Now, seven years later, that guy comes back to you. The guy who didn't 
didn't fulfill the favor that you asked him to do. He comes back to you seven years later and he asks you for a favor now, right? Just try to imagine this situation. What would, what would you do or what would I do in such a situation, right? There would probably be some, some, some hard feelings. There would probably, probably be some anger, right? And you probably might not want to do a favor for this person who didn't do a favor for you when you asked him to, right? But look how Yusuf reacted. It's really amazing. The man comes back to Yusuf meets him after seven years, after not having done what Yusuf requested him to do. And he asks Yusuf now for help. He asks him for a favor. He says, Yusufu ayyuha siddiq aftina fi sab'i baqaratin simaniya kuluhunna sab'un ijaf wa sab'i sumbulatin khudur wa ukhara yabisat la'alli arji'u ila al-nas la'allahum ya'lamun. He says to Yusuf alayhi salam, Yusuf ayyuha siddiq, Yusuf, oh truthful one. He addresses him as siddiq because he knows, he has had experience with the truthfulness of this man. Yusuf, oh truthful one, give us a fatwa. Interpret this dream. Interpret this dream of seven fat cows being eaten by seven thin cows and seven green ears of corn and seven more dry ears of corn. Tell us the interpretation of this dream so that I can go back. Tell me the interpretation so I can go back to the people and inform them. So that I can go back to the people and tell them so that they can know what this dream means. Now, again, try to imagine what, what you or I would do in this situation. You have all the, the leverage now. The ball is in your court, right? You know what this dream means. You have very valuable information for this, this person and for the king. So you have the ability now to negotiate and bargain, right? Because they have something that you want. You're in prison, you're in a difficult situation, but now you have something that they want and that they need. You have something that the king himself needs. You're in a very powerful position now. They'll give you anything for this knowledge, right? So you can make demands now. You're in a, you're in a position to make huge demands now to be released or to, to be given this position or that position or whatever. You can ask for whatever you want and it will be given to you by the king because he needs the interpretation of this dream, right? But did Yusuf make any demands or did he make any conditions? He didn't at all, subhanAllah. It just gives you some insight into the character of Yusuf He didn't even make any conditions. He just interpreted the dream. He just immediately interpreted the dream without asking for anything in return. He didn't say to this person that, okay, I can interpret this dream for the king, but first go back to him and make tell him that Yusuf will interpret your, uh, your dream as long as you release him from prison. No, he didn't say that. He didn't make any conditions. He just gave the interpretation of the dream as requested, as asked. Look at, look at the, the greatness of Yusuf alayhi salam. Right? Not depending on anyone. Just putting his full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at the patience. Look at the forbearance that he has, subhanAllah. So he interprets the dream. He says, He says that there will be seven regular years, seven normal years. There will be seven normal years where, you know, 
you, you grow your vegetation, you grow your crops, everything is going to be normal. But during these seven years of normalcy, try to save as much of your crop as possible. Don't consume except what you need for eating and save the rest and leave everything in their ears, the corn and all that stuff, leave it in its ears so it doesn't go bad and store it, right? Because, because even though the next seven years, these, these first seven years that are coming up, they're gonna be normal, you need to prepare for the next seven years that are gonna come after that. The next seven years are going to be seven difficult years. After these first seven normal years, then seven difficult years are going to come. Seven years of famine, where you're not going to be able to grow anything. So during those seven years of difficulty, you will use up what you saved and stored during the first seven years of normalcy. So prepare for the second seven years during the first seven years. That's basically what he's telling them to do. He said, when the second period of seven years come, then you're going to use up everything that you saved during the first seven years, except for a little bit, because you need to still save some so that you can replant it for the future. Don't use everything up, because then you will not have a foundation to grow anything in the future. So seven normal years to save up. Then seven difficult years where you're going to use what you have saved up during the first seven years. Then after those 14 years, there's going to come one year where the rain will come abundantly and alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will return everything back to an abundant good situation. And the people, they will be able to you know, go back to normalcy. The people will be saved and they will get rain. And then they will, they will continue to make drink and they will continue to, to, uh, to make olive oil, press olive oil and this type of thing, right? Things will return back to normal. So this, this dream that the king had was actually a dream that included what's going to happen for the next 15 years. This dream and Yusuf Islam's interpretation of this dream was what's going to happen for the next 15 years. Seven years of normalcy, seven years of famine, and then one year where rain comes down and alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replenishes everything. So Yusuf alayhi salam, he interpreted this dream without putting any conditions, right? Without even asking for anything in return. He interpreted the dream. Not only did he interpret the dream, but he gave advice on how to handle the situation as well. He didn't just say, this is what the dream means. He said, this is what the dream means, and this is what you should do. First seven years are going to be seven normal years, but you should store whatever you have to store. Save things, right? Don't use everything. Just, just use the minimal amount that you need to eat. So he's interpreting the dream, and at the same time, he's giving advice on what to do. So he, he, he gave his advice, and he helped the people. He helped the king of Egypt without asking anything in return, subhanAllah. And perhaps we can, we can interpret from this that seven years earlier, Yusuf salam had asked the man who was being released from prison to help him. And he learned his lesson. No, I'm not going to ask anyone for any help. I will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So now that a situation has come where again he can ask, he can say, 
I will interpret your dream, but I need you to give me something in return. No, he didn't want to do that this time. This time, no, I don't need anything from you. Whatever Allah wants from me, Allah is going to take care of me. I don't need anything from the king. I don't need anyone, anything from anyone. So you can see that Yusuf, alayhi salam, he learned. Alhamdulillah. And he made sure that he, he didn't repeat the same thing again. And he depended completely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even though now he's in a position to make demands from the king himself, he didn't make any demands. He didn't even make any requests for anything. And he interpreted the dream. So as soon as he interpreted this dream for the man who came to him to ask for the interpretation, then this man returned to the king and told him the whole story. He said, okay, I went to this man in prison. I went to Yusuf, the dream interpreter, and he told me that this is the interpretation of the dream. So the king was very happy. The king was very happy to have his dream interpreted and to basically have a roadmap now on what to do, how to handle this situation that's going to occur. I know exactly what's going to happen and I know how to handle it. Alhamdulillah. Imagine if he didn't know what's going to happen. Imagine if, you know, the seven normal years, they just lived like normal and they didn't save much. Then seven years of famine hit. They wouldn't be prepared for it. But now they're going to be able to prepare for it. Alhamdulillah. So the king is very happy with this situation. So what does the king say as soon as, soon as he learns the interpretation of this dream? He's very happy and he orders for Yusuf السلام, to be taken out of prison. Yusuf السلام, didn't ask for this. He didn't make this a condition or anything. But the king himself takes the initiative. He says, The king says, get him out of prison, bring him to me. So the messenger of the king goes to the prison to tell Yusuf السلام, that under the order of the king, you have been released from prison. So the messenger goes to the prison. When the messenger went to Yusuf in prison, and he said, you can get out of prison. The king is, has given an order that you are released from prison. What did Yusuf say? Did he just get out of the prison? He's been sitting in this prison for something that he didn't even do. He's an innocent man sitting in prison for 12 years. Now, the messenger of the king is saying the king is ordering that you can be released from prison. What does Yusuf say? Subhanallah. It's, it's just amazing the character of Yusuf What does he say? He says, He says, go back to, to the king. Go back to your master, the king. He says to the messenger, go back to your master. Go to the king and ask him to inquire about the women who cut their hands. And this is like 12 years earlier that this incident happened. That the women who cut their hands when they saw Yusuf This is years earlier. He tells the messenger, go to the king and gather those women and ask them about when they cut their hands. Ask them about that. Why does Yusuf want the king to know about that? Because Yusuf wants the king to know that he is innocent. That he has been in jail for a crime that he did not even commit. It's not enough for Yusuf just to be released from jail. He wants to be released from jail with his reputation intact. He wants the people to know that he never committed any crime, that he never committed any act of immorality. Right? So he tells the messenger to go. I, I'm not getting out of prison. I'm going to stay here. Go to the king and ask him about those women. So the messenger leaves Yusuf in prison. Yusuf refuses to leave the prison. The messenger goes back to the king and tells the king what Yusuf said. That he said that, you know, he said that he wants you to inquire about these women who cut their hands years earlier. So the king says, okay. 
He gathers those women. He gathers those women who years earlier had cut their hands. And he asks them, He asks them about the whole incident. Did you try to tempt Yusuf? Did you try to get him to commit you know, acts of immorality against his will? And they all admitted, these women admitted. And the wife of the Aziz, the wife of Qitfir, the wife of, of, the, of the Secretary of Treasury of Egypt, who started this whole thing, who's the first one who tried to tempt Yusuf She was present as well. So when the king asked, What is the story here? When you tried to tempt Yusuf against his will, is this the reality of what happened? Were you guilty or is he guilty? So then the women had to admit, that yes, the reality is that we cannot say anything bad about him. We never saw any bad behavior from him at all. He is innocent. He is completely innocent. So the women all admitted that Yusuf never tried to do anything bad. And now the wife of Aziz, the one who started this whole thing, she also now has to admit the truth as well. The truth, it has come out now that she was the guilty one and Yusuf is innocent. So she admits everything now. She comes clean. The wife of Aziz, the wife of, of Qitfir, the wife of the Secretary of Treasury of Egypt, she says now the truth has become apparent, it has become clear. It, it is out in the open now. I am the one who tried to tempt him against his will. I am the guilty one, he is innocent. And surely Yusuf, he is from the truthful ones. Yusuf has been telling the truth all along. He never committed any crime. He never did anything bad. His imprisonment was unjust. I am the guilty one. He is innocent. She admitted everything. And the wife of Aziz, she continues. She says, and, you know, I want, I want it to be known that I never betrayed my husband. She never actually, you know, committed an act of immorality with a man, uh, with, with Yusuf salam or any man other than her husband, right? So she, she, want, she wanted that to be known as well. Like, yes, I did try to tempt Yusuf salam, but in the end, nothing ever happened. So I didn't end up betraying my husband. I didn't betray him. You know, behind his back. And surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not guide the plans of the betrayers. Anyone who wants to do treason or an act of treachery, anyone who wants to betray someone else, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not guide their plots. He does not give them success. So she's saying, I, I never betrayed my husband. I never actually went ahead and did it. I never, you know, committed an act of immorality with any other man. But at the same time, But I'm not, I'm not freeing myself from blame. I'm not saying I'm completely innocent. I'm saying, yes, I never went through with it. It never happened in the end. But I'm not freeing myself from blame. I am to blame. I do share, I do have uh, some guilt because I did try to tempt Yusuf alayhi it never happened. It never went through. But I did try to do it. So I'm not saying I'm innocent. 
وما أبرئ نفسي إن النفس لأمارة بالسوء إلا ما رحم ربي إن ربي غفور رحيم Surely the soul the soul the in, you know you have you have an, an inner voice sometimes that calls you to evil right so sometimes you know the shaitan whispers to you sometimes your own nafs your own desires whisper to you and your own nafs it has these desires sometimes that that are so strong that you give in to your desires the nafs sometimes it commands the person that it is part of to commit evil inna nafsa la amaratun bisu illa ma rahima rabbi surely the nafs the soul it, it calls a person or it orders a person to to do evil to fall into these evil desires illa ma rahima rabbi except for those whom allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy upon if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy upon you then he will save you from falling into these desires right as a human being as human beings you know we all have desires right but a person who is guided by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a person who has taqwa he will not allow his desires to control him rather he will be the one who is in control of his desires so there are some people who let their desires control them you know like animals whatever they feel like doing whatever gives them pleasure they will do it regardless of you know whether it is moral or immoral regardless of whether it is halal or haram if if your nafs wants it do it so you'll find people who commit acts of immorality they are people who have no self control they are people who let their nafs control them they are people who let their desires control them this is this is the epitome of weakness a person who cannot even control his own inner desires just does everything that gives him pleasure right no control it means you're weak on the other hand a person of taqwa a person of piety yes as a human being we all have desires right but a person who has taqwa will be in control of his desires he will not let his desires control him rather he is able to control his desires right and the more ibadah you do the closer you become to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the more your desires come in line to what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the people of righteousness the people of piety the only desires they have are desires that are in accordance with what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated and any other desires they don't have any type of inclination towards them right this is a, this is a level of ihsan that your desires are in accordance with what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed you don't have any desires that go against the the commands of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that's the type of that's the type of of level we should strive to reach that our hawa that our desire it's always in accordance with what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed there's no contradiction right that's what we should strive to achieve that we don't have any desire for the haram that our only desires are halal desires that we can attain in a halal way that's what we should strive to achieve and this is something that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to those people who whom he has mercy upon illa ma rahima rabbi except for those whom allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy upon for for many people the nafs it commands them to do evil and they commit that evil but if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you this special mercy then you will be saved from this inshallah illa ma rahima rabbi 
Inna Rabbi Ghafoorur Rahim. Surely my Lord, he is Ghafoor and he is Rahim. Ghafoor. He is the one who constantly forgives. My Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who constantly forgives. The word Ghafoor, it comes from the root Ghafara, to forgive. And the one who forgives, the one who forgives is known as Al-Ghafir. The one who forgives, Ghafir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Ghafir. Right? And he, he calls himself in other verses of the Quran, Ghafir. Ghafir al-Dhamm. Allah is the forgiver of sins. But most of the time, you will see the word in the, in the, in the form of Ghafur. You will see Ghafir, you will see Ghaffar. But mostly in the Quran, you will see Ghafur. Ghafur. Wallahu Ghafurur Rahim. Wallahu Ghafurun Halim. Ghafur. Ghafur means the one who forgives again. And again, and again, and again, and again. Constantly forgives. Ghafir means the one who forgives. Ghafur means the one who repeatedly forgives. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Repeatedly forgives. You commit a sin. You feel guilty for that sin. You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness for that sin. He forgives. Then later on, you commit a sin again. You feel guilty about that sin. You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. He forgives you again. You sin again, he forgives you again. You sin again, you ask for forgiveness, he, he forgives you again. As long as you continue to ask him for forgiveness, as long as you continue to regret your mistakes and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you and pardon you, he will continue to forgive you. Right? So Allah is ghafoor, the one who forgives over and over and over again. Inna rabbi ghafoorur rahim. Surely my Lord, he is ghafoor. He constantly forgives. He repeatedly forgives. And he is rahim. He is the most merciful. Right? We do bad things, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still blesses us. He still bestows gifts and bounties upon us. Even though we do bad things, he still gives us good things. Because he is Rahim. He is the most merciful. Right? So now with Yusuf alayhi salam's reputation restored, he spent 12 years in prison for a crime that he did not commit. After these 12 years, he interprets the dream of the king. The king wants him out of jail. Yusuf salam refuses to re leave jail until his name is cleared and his reputation is restored. Once his reputation is restored and it is known by everyone that Yusuf is innocent and it is these women who were guilty, then Yusuf salam finally, he gets out of prison with everyone acknowledging that he was innocent all along. His reputation is intact, alhamdulillah. And he leaves the prison. The king orders that he be released from prison and he is released from prison. Now the king is very impressed with this man. Very impressed with Yusuf That this man spent so many years in, in prison for a crime that he didn't even commit. He was so patient. He still maintained such a good character. He helped us with the situation. He interpreted this dream. Right? So very impressed with the character of Yusuf So the king is a wise man. He's a smart man. And he realizes that this person, I need him to be on my side. I need this type of a person to assist me. If this type of person is in my government, then you know we can, we can advance, we can progress, we can move further. I need this type of person. An honest person, a trustworthy person, a knowledgeable person, a wise person, a patient person, an honorable person, right? So these are all the qualities. Of a good leader. The king recognizes this. So the king says, The king says, bring him to me. I want to give him a special position. 
where he is, where he is at my service. Whatever he wants in my administration, I want him to work for me. So he, he addresses Yusuf alayhi salam and he asks Yusuf alayhi salam what he needs, what he wants to do. That I want you to work for me. Whatever you think you can do best, whatever position you want, it's yours. Yusuf he gets out of prison and the king wants him to have a special position with him working right you know under him and he tells Yusuf he speaks to Yusuf they have a conversation after he spoke to him he said today you are a person who will have a firm position with us and you are a person who we trust. We want to give you a position. We want you to give you. We want to give you a status. We want to give you authority, and we trust you. We trust that you will fulfill your responsibilities. So, what, you tell us what you want to do. Whatever you think that you can do successfully to help, you know, our government and to help, you know, our people. Whatever position you want, I will put you in that position. So, Yusuf alayhi salam sees this as an opportunity to help the people. He knows that, you know, the next 15 years, due to his interpretation of the dream of the king, he knows what's going to happen. Seven years of normalcy, but they need to work on making sure that they store whatever they can during these seven years. Then seven difficult years where they will have to ration out the food because there's going to be a famine. They're going to have to ration out what they, what they saved for the first seven years, right? So he knows that, you know, there's a lot of planning that's going to be involved in the next 14 years. And then the 15th year is the year where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replenish everything. So Yusuf alayhi salam feels that he would be able to manage this situation, manage the storage, manage uh, the distribution of rations. Yusuf alayhi salam feels that he, he has the knowledge, he has the know-how, and he has the ability to take care of this. And the beautiful thing is that when Yusuf alayhi salam arrived in Egypt as a child, Right? He was 12 years old when he was, when he was purchased as a slave in Egypt by Qutfir, who was, who was the Secretary of Treasury. Qutfir was the Secretary of Treasury. So he was in charge of all of this stuff. He was in charge of, of the storage of crops and all of this stuff. This is part of the economy, a part of the treasury. Right? So Yusuf, السلام, growing up in the household of the Secretary of Treasury, he learned about how to do this job. So now Yusuf السلام, is asking the king to put him in that position. By this time, Qutfir had passed away. Qutfir had passed away. So there was a need for a new secretary of treasury of Egypt. So Yusuf السلام, he tells the king that he feels that he can fulfill this responsibility. So he tells the king, Yusuf السلام, tells the king, that make me in charge of the storehouses on the earth. The storehouses where all of the crops are stored and all of that. I will be in charge of, of the storage and distribution and all of that type of stuff. Right? Surely I am someone who knows how to protect these things. And I am knowledgeable about how to manage this. So the king accepts this. The king accepts this and he said, this position is yours. So Yusuf السلام, becomes basically the right-hand man of the king. He becomes the right-hand man of the king and he becomes one of the most powerful people in Egypt, even though he himself is not an Egyptian. Right? He becomes one of the most powerful men in Egypt. He basically becomes in charge of the economy and the treasury 
and the and the storehouses of the crops of Egypt. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is how we established Yusuf on this earth. We gave him a position of authority and establishment on this earth. That now he has the authority and the power that he can go anywhere he wants. He can do anything he wants. He's in a position of power on this earth, position of authority on this earth. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he, he showers his mercy on whomever he wills. Yusuf alayhi salam, he has gone through a very difficult life up to this point, right? He was taken away from his family. He was thrown into a well. He was sold into slavery. He spent years in prison for something that he didn't do. He has gone from hardship to hardship to hardship to hardship. And he remained patient upon all of those hardships. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rewarding him and giving him a, a, a position of power and status and authority on this earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he showers his mercy on whomever he wills. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never allow the reward of the muhsineen to go to waste. That Yusuf alayhi salam, during all of this time of hardship that he went through over the past so many years, right? He was still making sure that he performs actions of righteousness. He was going through hardship, but continuing to perform acts of righteousness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never allow that righteousness to go to waste. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now, he has established Yusuf alayhi salam and he has given him a position of power and authority on earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never allow the, the reward of the muhsineen, of the people of Ihsan, of the people who do good. He will ne never allow their reward to go to waste. So they will be rewarded in this world. But the reward of the Akhirah is going to be even greater. And the Ajr of the Akhirah, the reward of the Akhirah, is better for those who believe and who have taqwa, who have this awareness of Allah, this consciousness of Allah that guides them, right? Those people who have taqwa, it means that they have this awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he's watching them at all times, that he hears what they're saying at all times, that he knows what they're feeling at all times, right? If you have this conscious awareness constantly in the front of your mind, Allah is watching me, Allah is hearing me, Allah knows what I'm doing, Allah knows what I'm saying. Don't you think that this consciousness, this awareness is going to always make you be very careful to only do that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to stay away from what Allah has prohibited? That's what taqwa is. That awareness that Allah is watching you, that, that makes you shy to disobey him. That, how can I do this? Allah is watching me. Right? So you do what Allah has commanded you to do. You stay away from what he has prohibited you from. That is taqwa. And the reward of the akhirah, the reward of the hereafter, it is better for those people who believe and those people who have taqwa. They will have a great reward in the akhirah. The reward that they get in the akhirah is even better than the rewards that they get in this dunya. Allah will give you, a, if you have taqwa, Allah will give you a good life in this dunya. He will give you a life of peace and comfort in this dunya. But the ajr of the akhirah, the reward of the akhirah, the reward of the hereafter is even going to be greater than that. The reward of the akhirah is better for those people who believe and those who have taqwa. So now Yusuf السلام, he's in a position of power, he's in a position of authority. The first seven years go by. 
Yusuf السلام, knows what he has to do in this first year, seven years. So he stores, he makes sure that he stores as much as possible, stores all of the crops, except the minimal amount that is needed for the people to eat. So at the end of seven years, he has a huge stockpile of crops. Then the second seven years comes, the second period of seven years, the famine hits. The famine hits. People don't have food. Even people from other areas, not only Egypt, they are also afflicted by the famine. Philistine is also afflicted by the famine. Right? And they didn't know that this is going to happen. They didn't know that there was going to be a famine. So they didn't prepare for it. So now the people of Philistine, they don't have food. They don't have food. But who has food? Yusuf السلام, has food. Yusuf السلام, has, has, has stored for seven years crops. So he has enough food for the people to ration to the people of Egypt and also to ration even to people from other, other lands that come in. So people from different lands, not only from within Egypt, people from different lands come in during the years of famine. They go to Yusuf السلام, to ask for some food. Because he's the only one who has stored food. Other governments, other nations, they didn't do this because they didn't know what was going to happen. So, during those seven years of famine, the people of Philistine were also affected by it. And they came to Egypt because they knew that the one who is in charge of the treasury of Egypt, he is giving out rations to people, not only to Egyptians, but to others as well. So, Yaqub and his family, they were also af af affected by the famine. So Yaqub he sends his sons to Egypt. He says, go to Egypt and bring food from Egypt. Bring some caravans of food from Egypt. Because the one who is in charge of the treasury of Egypt, the one who is in charge of the storehouses of crops in Egypt, he is giving out food to people. So go to him and get it. Yaqub doesn't know that this is Yusuf And the brothers of Yusuf the other sons of Yaqub they don't know either. They just know that it, it has become well known around all of the lands that Egypt, the Secretary of Treasury of Egypt, the one who is in charge of the, of the storehouses of food in Egypt, he is giving out rations to people. That is well known. They don't realize, they have no idea that this is Yusuf. So Yaqub says, go to that, the one who is in charge of the treasury of Egypt, go to the one who is in charge of the storehouses of crops in Egypt and bring food. So the brothers of Yusuf, they go to Egypt. They go to Egypt and they enter upon Yusuf, Yusuf has not seen them for years, for years, for decades, he hasn't seen them, right? It's been a long time now. And when he sees them, he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. That the brothers of Yusuf came to ask for their ration of food. And when Yusuf السلام, saw them, he recognized them. He immediately knew who they were, but they didn't realize who he was. They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. And the next few verses of the surah talk about the interactions between Yusuf السلام, and his brothers. While he knew who they were, they did not know who he was. So inshallah, we will get into that part of the story, that part of the surah in our tafsir session next week. And we'll stop there for today. Barakallahu feekum. Wallahu alamu sallallahu wa sallamu wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. If we have any questions, we can take some questions now. Barakallahu feekum.